Craft Beer Radio, episode 49, August 7th, 2006. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Baer. And this week we are doing wheat beers, a whole bunch of good ones. Listener, well, most of them are listener-contributed wheat beers, and one of them is not just to round out the show. Yeah. Um, Let's start with the... We'll start with the Samuel Adams Hefeweizen. This is a... Uh, well, you don't have the info on this right here, but... Um, it's a late addition to the show. Yeah. It's a heavy bison made by Austin Beer Company. Right. <laughs> Same guys who give you all the other Sam Adams stuff. And make sure you get enough so we can decant. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get you a little bit of yeast yeah. in there. It might even... I would think that Sam Adams would leave this one with some yeast in the bottom. But wouldn't be beyond them to bottle condition it either. Or to filter it. There we go. Yeah, there's yeast in there. There's either. some sludgy yumminess. So this is pouring a, a nice dark orange with about a finger's worth of head, a kind of cloudy head. There's actually ribbons of yeast, like strata, in my beer. It's not a, it's not a uniform cloudiness. Aren't you glad without the light on? Yeah. <laughs> it is it's a nice looking color. It smells kind of banana-ish. Maybe a little bit of Mine smells a little porterish. <laughs> well, we just had porter <laughs> in the glasses. Out the glass. So, you know, there's something to that. But, you know, it's, it smells a little bit uh, citrusy, uh, a little bit of banana. It's kind of light in the flavor for half a bites, I think. Well, we just did have a porter. Yeah. So, um, that could have something to do with it. But,. I'm getting kind of, you know, basically citrusy flavor. Yeah, the um, there's a little bit of citrusy, some some of the... Um, is there clove in there? Or there's a little bit of pepperiness, a, a little, little bit of, bit, of yeah. that, the, the phenols coming through. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily clove or it's just more kind of, you know, black pepperish. I'm wondering how much... Um, the porter residue is affecting the flavor of this beer because I'm tasting this, like, multi-sweetness... <laughs> So I might have screwed up here. <laughs> you tasting so. any kind of um, kind of sweetness? Not really roasty, but like a, a multi-type sweetness at all in yours? There's a little bit of that, yeah. But okay. I wonder if that's just you know the way they designed the beer. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to figure out if yeah. it's the porter or if it's the way they designed the beer. Well, there wasn't that much left. I mean, there was you know very little. I, I got all the residue I could. Right. Forgot to rinse it. We'll see. Anyway, well, while we're talking about Sam Adams, let's jump to the email. All right. That deals with Sam Adams. Yeah. It's a big, long one, so let's see if we can make this concise. Richard from Texas wrote in, and he wanted to defend Scheinerbach a little bit. He uh, was taking the stance where it's in all the bars there, so it's better than Bud Miller or Coors. And, um, yeah, I suppose it could be... That's kind of the England stance from around here. Yeah, which we really don't... We don't... um, uh, What's the word? We don't subscribe to We don't back up Yingling, really. I mean, I suppose it's a good gateway beer for some people. Um, for me, I think it's below the beer water threshold. You know, at some right, point, yeah. I'm not going to buy a beer. I'm going to just drink some water. And I think Shinerbach's below that. I can't really see a situation where I'd, and I would certainly order like a Sam Adams over a Shinerbach. 
Well, I'm a little bit more forgiving you in, in that in that sense because I do I have been known to go to bars and when there's nothing to drink, I'll drink whatever is the closest to something I can taste. He's not as stuck up as I am apparently. Um, not about that particular thing. Although if there if there is a chance of going to a bar where there's better beer, I will force that on my friends and you know, they don't really <laughs> enjoy that so much. But if it, the only chance is going to a bar where there's a bunch of different beards, I probably would pick Scheinerbach over most of the other stuff they'd had there. But I'd certainly pick like a Sam Adams over Scheinerbach. Right. He goes on to mention that – say that it is a credible beer. Disregarding style guidelines, it's a credible beer. And it has won in the Great American Beer Festival a silver medal in the oh, – some like amber or dark lager category, I think. Yeah, but who what wins the – who wins every year – in the Great American Beer Fest, you, know, you have Budweiser, you have Miller, you have Coors, all winning Great American Beer Festival medals. In the in their in their in their, in categories. their categories, so right. it's like just because you win the American Beer Fest in a relatively in a category that doesn't <laughs> it's a, a beer that doesn't have a lot of flavor. It says the beer is good for cooking. I don't want to be you know ganging up on you, Richard. <laughs> he says Shinerbuck's good for cooking because it, it's not hoppy. We found that you know hoppy beers are usually not good for cooking because it increases more harsh bitterness. Uh, it's cheap, so for cooking where you're not actually drinking the beer, it helps in the economics of it. I think he has a very good point there. He says, simmer down on top of your bratwurst or steak, and it's great. Then he goes on to say that Spotsil Brewery is almost as guilty as misrepresentation as Boston Beer Company. And he says, cranberry lambic? I don't think so. <laughs> Best beer in America, four years running? Not actually. Uh, oh, yeah, Sammy Oppelin's Hefeweizen is a traditional right spin on a classic American craft brewing style. Huh? Uh, he's also skeptical that for the uh, triple buck, they used a lager yeast and got it to ferment 18% uh, alkali volume. And uh, this guy is a BJCP judge, so he knows his beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he was trying to de- defend um, Shiner, Spotsil, by, I guess, knocking down... Sam Adams, some I I like just about every Sam Adams I do. I it's I think it's yeah it's a worthy craft beer, and I will definitely try the other Shiner beers. You know, it, the Kolsch. It, it comes up to something about our show, which we've mentioned before. Are we because we say it in the very beginning of the show, the show for craft beer in for the craft beer industry, craft beer and the craft beer industry. Well, what entails being in the craft beer industry and. Are we exclusive to beers that are in the craft beer industry or is it craft beer and the craft beer industry in the sense that craft beer is important even if it's made by a larger company? No, I agree with that. I mean we've talked about the the Anheuser-Busch stuff. We have a story coming up a little bit about Anheuser-Busch. I think it's just – Not to mention, I mean, you know – Sam Adams, which could some people think they're you know too large to be a craft brewer, but we certainly think they craft their beers. I'm um, not sure if they'd really say Sam Adams isn't a craft brewer. They'll say that they're too large to be a micro brewer because there's that volume mm-hmm. delineation where it's thirty thousand barrels. If you make less yeah. than that, you're a micro brewery. If you make more than that, you're a regional brewery. And there's a different physical uh, classifications. Craft beer is more about the actual beverage that you're drinking. And would I call Shinerbach a craft beer? Yes, because it's not a, a pale yellow yeah. lager. But is it a good craft beer? <laughs> <laughs> That's not to say you can't craft a pale yellow lager, but you got to throw a lot of hops in it and make it something you can well, actually craft. You don't it. really need hops either. I mean, you can have blondes and stuff that are good. Like um, blonde ales, golden ales. 
not a style that does it for me. Even the best of them, I just, I just don't like it. We should probably try to visit it, and I can actually, you know, pan a whole class of beers. A good example is uh, Victory makes one, right? Um, um, doesn't Victory make one? I don't know. What am I thinking of? Well, no, they make Gold Monkey, but that's not a Gold Meal. Uh, it's a Belgian. Um, I can't think of any examples off the top of my yeah. head because I don't drink them very often. <laughs> I just don't care for that style. It's an interesting question. I'm not saying that that uh, Shiner, you know, that Richard is necessarily wrong, but r- our opinion of Shiner Bach is not as high as Richard's opinion. I've had a few people say that the other beers are more noteworthy, so I definitely want to try the Kolsch and yeah. some of the other ones if we can get our hands on them. I would actually probably be more inclined to have a Shiner Bach over a Guinness. I really don't like the flavor of Guinness. I love stouts, and I, but I think Guinness is pretty bad. Hmm. So back to the Samuel Adams Hefeweizen. I definitely like some more phenols in there, mm-hmm. some more cloviness. There's some, there's some fruitiness, kind of banana-y, uh, the semesters that are coming through. Yeah. Um, it's a little kind of almost astringent in a way. Some of that ending, you know, starts out with some banana slash citrus, then it kind of gets a little bit, a little bitter, which is, uh, it's masked a bit by what phenols there are, but not enough. There aren't enough phenols to really mm-hmm. totally mask it. So, you're kind of getting some astringency there at the end, although you get more citrusy around the middle of your around, – around the sides of your mouth and your cheeks, but you still get an astringency in your tongue. A little thin in the mouthfeel, I think, for the style. It just seems like it should have a little more chewiness to it. Um, overall, probably one of more of my least favorite Sam Adams, yeah. just enjoyability-wise. Um, there are plenty of other Hefeweizens I'd choose. Yeah, I mean, compared to other Hefeweizens, it, it, it is lacking – um, is there anything really bad about it other than lacking? It's not a horrible beer, yeah. but I mean, just, you know, the aftertaste isn't all that great. It's uh, it's got a good you know front flavor, but it just kind of doesn't really doesn't end on a, any really good notes. It's almost like a classic syndrome of some of these bigger breweries, or even the really big ones. When I try to do a craft beer; they they don't seem to like commit. Yeah, they don't go the whole way. You know, they kind of get a little bit scared about how far they've gone and like get a little. Trep, you know, intrepid at the end there and don't finish. Yeah, there's, um, I think trepidatious is the word you're looking for. I agree. On to the business. Let's just get these business out of the way. First of all, buy our DVD. Donate and get a DVD. Yeah. It's ready. 37 cents an hour. Come on, that's (laughs) cheap. You can get the DVD on our website for $25. There is a PayPal link on the top of our website. Uh, next week, Craft Beer Radio will be recording from an undisclosed location. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to stay tuned to find out more information about that. No, probably not. One other piece. I'm planning a trip to Belgium next year with the wife. And if anyone has some tips um, or wants to pay for it, yeah. send me an email. <laughs> My only tip would be bring back some uh, Westie. I'll bring back what I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we wanted to mention on our um, beer festival show. Uh, we talked to Sick Puppy and Father Spoon from shouldidrink.com. Apparently, the name of the website got cut off somehow or didn't get didn't make it. I don't think it was on mic or something. Right. I don't know, but they were talking some uh, trash about us. <laughs> and uh, Well, we wanted to make sure that you know, their website is mentioned, shouldidrinkthat.com. Uh, they were really nice to help us out and you know to join us on our guests. So check them out, shouldidrinkthat.com. Other email we got here, Wesley with a T. Well, we don't have to go through all these, but you can send us an email to beer at craftbeerradio.com. Oh, right, yeah. 
Yeah, forgot about that. Part. Forgot about our standard spiel. <laughs> Wesley from Gainesville, Florida, says he had a Sweetwater 420 from Sweetwater Brewing out of Atlanta at the Florida Folk Festival this year. He's pretty sure they're using Belgian yeast in that. Uh, although I guess it's an IPA because we talked yeah, about Belgian yeah. IPAs. Yep. Uh, although the website makes no mention of it, he said he thought the taste clashed, which we sort of assumed it might, and he did not like it very much. And it was the only craft beer they offered, so he did have a few, but I just couldn't get used to it. For my taste, an IPA should be light and crisp, and this was heavy and estery. I can certainly see how that could happen. Yeah, I was very curious about it, and that actually segues into another email we got. That actually segues into another email we got. Uh, Drew writes in, longtime listener Drew. On the other side of American IPA with Belgian yeast, isn't that basically what Stone Brewing did with their 5505 Vertical Epic? Except they did it with a darker ale? Is the... Ooh. <laughs> is the Hublon Schuf Doblin IPA triple? Wait. Hublon, Hublon Schof? He, he points out the Hublon Schof Doblin IPA triple. I think that's pronounced... Close enough. Yeah. If you haven't gotten a hold of this beer, you should see if you can get your hand on a bottle too. It's a triple hopped with American hops. Interesting. Wow. High gravity Trappist yeast. Uh huh. Um, going hop wild with American hop or do they use American hops? They might use uh, continental hops. Nope, Cascade. And uh, sounds like a very interesting beer. And another very interesting thing is East End Brewing for their one hundredth batch. Is brewing a triple with American hops. Okay, it's calling it the Ugly American. <laughs> That's a cool idea. I like it. So it'll be the first time in this area that pe- most people have seen this beer. And he mentioned a beer that he was modeling it after, and it's probably this Hublon Schof. Interesting. Uh, or, let's see our Belgian pronunciation. It's probably Hublon Schofla Schofe. Seems like they pronounce their E's, don't they, at the end? I don't, uh, I don't think they would on that one. I hope this isn't on the Belgian beer pronunciation website, or we're going to get like 10 more emails <laughs> telling us to check that out. <laughs> he also mentions that uh, he eats a lot of Indian food. I was talking about Indian food before. Uh, and he says that he, he drinks, a lot of, drinks a lot of Indian food and eats a lot of Indian beer. <laughs> uh, he basically says that uh, he's come to the conclusion that Indian food and craft ales were made for one another. Uh, pretty sure that's a spicing. Yeah, they do have some great spices in there, which really do go well with um, with a, a hoppy beer. So I, you know, I totally agree. Uh, Indian, if you love Indian food like I do, try it with some craft beer. You'll really get a kick out of it. He said that everything. I think he says everything. Well, he says he thinks that the a banana hefeweizen, a banana, a banana-ish hefeweizen, some of like some of the ones we're probably drinking tonight, will go really well with. Uh, some of the spices that are in there. Which is a pretty different contrast from what we normally think of right. IPAs going with Indian food. Even though that is definitely a match made in heaven right there. Yeah. I'm, I mean, what kind of spice? You get like coriander, you get... Uh, um, it's one of those cosmic coincidences. <laughs> you know, like when the moon was formed, when it, you know the meteor hit the earth and the moon came spun off, and uh-huh. it's just big enough to block out the sun, right? Right. Well, the imperial troops come from England to colonize India. They have to make their beer hoppier to make the journey. Yeah. And it goes great with the local food. Yeah. Just one of those cosmic coincidences. <laughs> I wonder if the food back then was as spicy or if that's kind of been more pronounced as the culture has you know, come up. I don't really know. I have no idea. I'd assume something like that wouldn't change as fast. And I don't think they catered the, beer to the, or the food to the beer, that's for sure. <laughs> 
Stranger things have happened, though. Our next beer... That hiss was courtesy of the Church Brewworks bottle opener. <laughs> Thank you, Church Brewworks. Our next beer is... The Upland Wheat. Upland Wheat. Uh, this is a wit beer from the Upland Brewing Company. 4.5% alcohol brewed year-round. I think Monkey Toe sent this in. Thanks, Monkey Toe. Um, if someone else did, I'm sorry. But you didn't say you sent me this in an email because I <laughs> Google searched it and it didn't come up with anything. Uh, only 11 IBUs. That's pretty low on the yeah. IBU count, yeah. even for the style. You normally don't see things down close to 10 that, or less. That's, that's very non-bitter. Uh, this is available in Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. Okay, let's do something a little bit different here. This is a wit beer okay. instead of yeast. No, we've got two different glasses here. We have yours where I stirred up the sediment. Uh-huh. I have mine with properly decanted. Okay. So you don't have any cooties today, right? Uh, I may. Oh, really? No, I don't. Okay. I I naturally have cooties. You drink from the uh, label side. I'll drink from the uh, promo side. So, um, well, here, let's just take turns. We'll do a Roma on the clean one first. Okay, it doesn't really have much coriander or wit beer aroma to it. I think it's more... What are you talking about? It doesn't have much coriander. It's right there. Okay. That's the first thing I smell. I smell just wheat. Let me take another whiff. Sharing glasses is going to slow down this analysis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just covering my tracks. I'm like the guy who doesn't get the joke and laughs last. last laughs last. No, actually, I do smell the coriander now. I don't know what I was smelling. It smelled really weedy the first time. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, like, it, it was funny because Jeff was saying that. It was the first thing I smelled was like, boom, okay. A whole bunch of coriander. Okay, so. That's interesting. There's, um... With beer, you got some spicing, but there's like a cinnamon or ginger type spice to it, flavor to it. Yeah, um, like a candied ginger, something like that. With um, there's definitely coriander there rolling around. I mean, this is obviously spiced with coriander because there's a lot of it in there. Yeah, it's like that ginger, almost like a there's a, a peppermint or some kind of wintergreen minty type flavor. Take another sip. That's more in the aftertaste. The the, uh, the aromas floating around your mouth after you swallow. Hmm. Kind of a mint. This is very complex for a whip beer. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. I'm trying to, to picture that because, yes, it's not quite, it's not really peppermint, but something vaguely mint-like. Or a very aromatic herb of some sort. Kind of a... It might be kind of like, it might even be, what am I thinking of? It, it's the basis of licorice. Um, not sure. Fennel. Fennel. Might even be a little bit of fennel flavor in there. That's that's very interesting. It's not something I've ever had in a whip beer. Okay, let's move on to the yeasty okay. sample. There's a lot more yeast in the aroma on this one. Just um, kind of a bready smell. Yeah, it definitely covers up a lot of the uh, a lot of the aroma that you get from all that coriander. But it's still a present. I mean, you, you shake it up a little bit, and you can definitely get some of that aroma. It's a little bit fuller mouthfeel from all the yeast that's suspended mm-hmm. in the beer. It actually mutes some of that ginger flavor. So whereas in the Cellus White, I love the yeast in that beer. Mm-hmm. This one I think is better without the yeast. I think so too. Yeah. I think some of the – yeah, it does kind of mute out uh, the flavor. So this is an example of a wit beer. You do not want to put the – you don't want to put the yeast into You want to decant this properly. It's a fun experiment, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. Hopefully the listeners like it too <laughs> because uh, yeah, I mean, we all, we've done the whole wit beer show and we were stirring them all up. Yeah. And I wonder how many got muted like this one. It would have been – Showing us crazy ginger notes and stuff from uh, 
See, now I got a big glass of not so good and a little glass of what was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take the bait. I'll just I'll drink the, the not so good stuff. Here, I'll give you one more sip of that. Okay. So Greg's gonna get the last sip here to pick up the um, the ginger. The yeah, significantly different. The fennel type it really does um, really get a lot more interesting flavor out of there without the yeast. Here, I just put a little <laughs> bit more drugs out, drugs out of the bottle, and uh, it's white. Jeff <laughs> just got yeast. a whole bunch of yeast. He's got. He's gonna feel good tonight. Um, it, it's interesting how much this this really does muddle the flavor. Mm-hmm. It just muddies it up. Eric from Ramona writes in about uh, our comments on the structural integrity of cans. We mentioned that uh, it was under. It was under our impression that you couldn't stack cans that were not pressurized because they would collapse. Right. If we we're talking about can we can condition? Can we naturally carbonate a beer with priming sugar in a can like homebrewers do with bottles? Mm-hmm. And I was told that you can, but you wouldn't be able to stack your cans because they wouldn't be as strong. A lot of the strength is from there. And Eric makes a good point that a lot of the strength in the can is in the, the lateral right. uh, compression of the aluminum. The thing is... With no pressure, they could buckle easily, and then can would you know lose its integrity. With the pressure, the sides don't buckle as much. So, I mean, that's probably what they were talking about. You could probably stack them, but not as high, or you'd have to be more careful because if you can with no pressure, or the sides will buckle pretty pretty easily, it won't pop back out, and the can could. So, sort of like an egg, right? If you try to do it lengthwise, you try to crush it as hard. It takes right. a lot of force. Right? Exactly. If you try to do it on the sides. Yeah, if you put a dent in a can, it'll crush a lot easier than if yeah. it's perfectly cylindrical and there's perfect straight line from top to bottom. It, 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 the can, it's like concrete where it works really good in compression. Right. So remember that next time you try to crush a beer can against your head? Just dent it first, yeah. <laughs> oh, he, oh, here's a good point. He recently tried some Saison DuPont and found it was horribly skunked. We feel your pain. Yeah, we've been there. He got it from Bevmo out in California, and they were happy to refund his money when he asked them to do so. So here's I've never tried it, and I've, I should ask the, the bottle shops around here, yeah. if we get some skunky beer, can we get it refunded? A lot of these places can charge it back to the wholesaler and then back to the brewery, and the brewers don't want to be selling. A lot of the brewers don't want to be selling defective beer. I've never tried it. I've always been kind of... Yeah, hesitant yeah. to to go try that, but he says, you know, check it out, give it a try. If you get some skunky beer, talk to the retailer and see if you can get a refund. Um, it would probably help, you know, suit them to take better care of the beer too, instead of having the hassle of chargebacks and everything. <laughs> All right, our next beer, um, Circus Boy. Yeah. Circus Boy is American. We're getting through the content as fast this time. <laughs> Circus Boy is an American pale wheat ale. Um, it is, uh, but it has a Hefeweizen on the label, so, you know, I don't know. No, I'm Beer Advocate, the head is uh, American Pale Weed Ale, and the label says Hefeweizen. So we'll judge. Uh, Magic Hat Brewing Company, 5%. This is a rotating offering. Uh, they're not, oh, they are available in Pennsylvania. Not this part of Pennsylvania. No. Uh, Martin gave this to us, we think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Martin, yeah. Uh, they have, according to Jeff, an annoying as hell website. It's all flash and... It is the worst usability designed website either. Anyway, they have these rotating like animations with like no text. You have to like mouse over each thing, and then like the beers aren't called beers. It's like elixirs, and there's a help button on every page, and you gotta hit the help the help button to figure out what the hell you're doing. <laughs> that does so. sound pretty poor. Uh, 
There is an annual production of 31,600 barrels, so they are not a microbrewery. They are technically a regional. Okay, since this one is labeled as a Hefeweizen, and I stirred up the yeast in it, so hopefully it's not better without the yeast. Um, Should we done the experiment again on this one? Uh, they, they claim they're Hefe, so... Yeah, if they claim they're Hefeweizen, they would... That's what you do with Hefeweizen, so we're going to take them to their word. I'm trying to get that, figure out what aroma that is other than urinal. I'm sorry, that's what I detect. <laughs> okay, I, that now I'm getting more uh, spiciness with a little bit of um, sort of lemony. Flavor has a, a fair amount of spiciness to it. But the mouth feels kind of weird. It, it's it's almost like an adjunct beer. Like there's some they have some rice or something. It's like really thin and unless the wheat's coming across that way. I think it might be the wheat because it doesn't doesn't feel all that thin to me. It does have kind of a, a couple off flavors in there. I wonder if you weren't supposed to put the yeast in there because it doesn't. It really hey, tastes that good. They called it a Hefeweizen. They did. Unless there's contradictory directions on their label. It's unfiltered and unfettered. You know, I, I don't think... Have we had other Magic Hat? What the hell? Three quarters pint of ale with natural flavors added. Well, spice... Well, that'd be a whip beer, though. Um, yeah, what, what's up with that? Cloudy by nature, like Burlington, Vermont itself. Roused gently to release full flavor. There we go. So, so. it's supposed to be... I didn't rouse very gently, but... <laughs> you certainly roused it enough. And I didn't get all the yeast. There's still a huge... On the slug on the bottom <laughs> of the bottle, so... Um, I guess it, it, as my mouth is getting used to it, some of that off flavor is going away, but it's, uh, it's still n- not all that incredibly flavorful. Have we had other magic hats? Um, not on the show, I don't believe so. Okay. I had the number nine when I was in New York a couple of years ago. From what I, I think it's uh, some kind of fruit-flavored beer. I didn't like that at all. Um, we have a different Magic Hat in the um, fridge. It's a um, Dunkelweizen. Oh. Well. <laughs> I'm usually a big fan of Dunkelweizens, but... Um, if their Weizen is like this, I don't know if it's going to be all that great. Now I'm getting more of that off flavor. I, what what is what am I getting? It's like bitterness mm. without any other flavor. There, I'm just getting straight like almost horseradishy bitterness on the tongue, uh, and no other flavor there on on the tip of my tongue. Or the middle of my tongue to, to contrast it. A little bit of lemony on the sides. That's it. Yeah, the lemony on the sides. The main flavor, though. It's I guess it's wheat. I wonder if these are different kind of wheat than what we're used to, or it's coming across differently, and I'm having a hard time figuring out how how to describe how it's how it's, it's roasted a bit. Not really. It's uh... like I'm not really tasting anymore. But the beginning of Tasted a bit um, thin and alcoholic. Not really. Didn't feel hot. I didn't pick up alcohol aromas. But kind of that 
mouthfeel, the reminiscent of when we had those rice beers. Yeah. Or um, we had a different beer, another beer recently that was reminiscent of those too. But the rice beer is really good. <laughs> so you see the difference. You know, we didn't talk about news. We have a whole bunch of news stuff. Uh, well, let's see. Molson Coors had a super strong quarter. And the actual headline was super strong quarter. <laughs> they, that uh, was the headline? Yep. Just super strong quarter? It has a super strong No, Molson Coors oh. has a super strong quarter. Their uh, retail sales increased 2.3% during the quarter compared to the same period in 2005. Driven by a low single-digit increase of Coors Light, a high single-digit increase of Keystone Light, and a strong double-digit increase of Blue Moon. And Blue Moon is probably so their best kind, offering. It's so, kind of yeah. a craft beer news story where it shows Blue Moon is growing faster than anything else in the Coors portfolio. I forget what we thought of Blue Moon. Didn't we think it was okay? Uh, no. Or no? No, we didn't. Okay. <laughs> For a Belgian white, it's not no, okay. No. I didn't like it. Some people were going to write in and say, Blue Moon's okay, but... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I didn't like it at all. And I'm pretty sure you agreed. I don't remember. I have to go back. Well, this is a great buy our DVD and find out. There you go. Yes, you can. Or you can. Or download it from our website. For free. <laughs> Beer back on top. Gallup poll shows wine's number one rating in 2005 of fluke. Yeah. Um, there was a rating last year where more people drank wine than drank beer. But this year, 41% of Americans surveyed drink beer. And 39% drink wine, so we're slightly ahead. Us here at Craft Beer Radio modestly say, you're welcome for saving the industry. Mm-hmm. Ha-ha. There's an article about Anheuser-Busch Brewery pushing the envelope and talking about some of the the seasonal beers, the craft beers that Anheuser-Busch is putting out. They have a new one. Well, we had one. We had their um, their winter's uh, the bourbon, bourbon cask. Yeah. Yeah. I also tried the the spring wheat beer which wasn't as good as the Bourbon's mm-hmm. Winter. They have a new one out called the Demon's Hopyard IPA. It's brewed at the company's Portsmouth, New Hampshire brewery and is only available in New England on tap. But beginning huh. next month, Anheuser-Busch is going to begin to roll out a series of seasonal beers that they will be selling at liquor stores. So they're going to start bottling some of their seasonal stuff. Okay, so they're, they're trying to get into the craft beer industry. They're trying to craft some beers. To quote the article, the Demon's Hopyard IPA is not bad. I've tried it twice. I would not be adverse to trying it again, but it's nowhere near a top of the line India Pale Ale. And that kind of that goes back to what you were talking, telling, saying before about the Sam Adams and about other places that kind of go halfway on craft and kind of get scared about how far they've gone yeah. and don't want to commit to the the whole thing. And we're not talking about doing a Stone IPA. We're talking about doing a yeah. good American IPA with a good hop flavor. Like the ones we tasted last week, you know? <laughs> exactly. Those might be going a little, you know, but it don't even have to go that far to be a good solid IPA. And, you know, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a business point to this where, you know, and we've mentioned it before. I've, I've been saying that a lot this episode. But we have mentioned before how businesses are going for, especially businesses as big as Anheuser-Busch, they're going for the, the people who will – or they're going for brand loyalty. They're, they're trying to get people who will buy their brand and only their brand, whereas craft brewers – in general, are not looking for that brand low. They're looking for you to enjoy their beer. They know you're going to move on to other things, but they hope that maybe one day you'll come back to it because you like it so much or tell other people about it. The four seasonal beers they have are the Jack's Pumpkin Spice Ale, Winter's Bourbon Casco, uh-huh. the Spring Heat Spiced Wheat, and the Beach Bum Blonde Ale. Now, we talked to uh, Florian Couplin who brewed the, the Winter's Bourbon Casco. He's uh, brewed all these. 
says right here, yeah, it's a lot of fun doing these things, says Coupland, who learned brewing in Germany. We're actually doing these at our pilot brewery in St. Louis, and we, where we can test things, and we have fun. I like them all. I'm just telling Florian, just, just go balls yeah, to the wall yeah, once, you know? Just, yeah, just really... <laughs> and, uh, yeah. The writer we, of the article... Um, Actually, not the writer of the article, but the best description he read about this devil's uh, devil's yard hop yard beer was an IPA on training wheels. And that's interesting because why would Budweiser make a beer that introduces people into other styles that gets them away from Budweiser? That's why I think Budweiser's think- new marketing mantra though is people want uh, diversity. They want right. to check try different things, so they want to offer that to people, sticking in their portfolio, but offering it to people. And they're doing these things, and like I said, it seems like they're sticking their toe in the water. But I just want yeah. to dive in. Just exactly, once. like you say, just go for it. Just once, <laughs> just do something that we know they're capable. We know that all these beer companies, you know, the Coors, the Millers, the the Budweisers, are all capable of producing very good beer. If they, you know, excellent craft I'm beer sure, they wanted to. You know, guys like work with Florian. I mean, they're classically trained brewers, and. And I'm sure if they know how to make a full flavor beer, you know, take that devil's yard and turn it up three notches, you yeah. know, and then it would be one of the beers where it'd be competing with, you know, one of the best in show on a craft beer radio Not only show. that, but they have the resources to really try and experiment and find something that really works well that other beer companies may not have. Yeah, there's a pretty inventive guy. There's a lot of inventive guys out there, though. It's So, you know, they're all swarming at different angles. So a lot of stuff's being found. But yeah, it'd be great just to see them. Just throw their hesitation aside yeah. and run for it. Well, let's try the Gumblehead. This is our last beer of the night. This is uh, this was a what beer am I a while ago? Based on a, a cartoon character or a comic book character or something like that. That sounds familiar. Um, this is by Three Floyds. Uh, we can't get this, so we have to thank... Monkey Toe again. Monkey Toe for giving this to us. Thanks a lot, Monkey Toe. Uh, this is... A 4.8% American Pale Wheat Ale summer release is a dry-hopped American wheat beer, which makes sense. So no uh, wheat in this one. Holy cow. Oh, oh man. <laughs> it's a That's wheat, hoppy. It's a weedy PA. <laughs> wow. Now I understand why Jeffrey T from Good Beer Show raves about this beer because he's a hophead. He drinks Alpha King every day for lunch. Yeah, that, that's and, that's Cascade all the way. That's uh, not something you normally find in wheat yeah. ales. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the color is is a, a semi clear straw. Yeah, I didn't has you know we got a big bomber here. I yeah. didn't rouse yeast if there's yeast on the bottom. I figured we'd try it this way and then we can rouse it. Since we're not sure the I like trying them both ways. Wow. That's a lot of hops in this one. Mm. Lots of hops in the flavor. It's too. very interesting because the wheat kind of gives a, a bit of a creamier presence and almost tones down some of the bitterness of the hops. So you get a lot of the hoppy flavor with a little bit less of the bitterness, although it, it ends up bitter. Mm-hmm. But while you're drinking it, you don't really get that bitterness. You get kind of a hoppy flavor with kind of a creaminess from the wheat, and then you get a sort of bitterness on your tongue. Are you shocked that this beer is only 4.8% alcohol by volume? Not doesn't really. It doesn't, a lot, it it doesn't taste a lot taste, stronger to me. I don't think it tastes that strong. I mean, in flavor, it has some similar flavor characteristics of like the golden shower that we had in the post show a couple weeks ago. But there are certain characteristics of the alcohol, I feel, that really bring out just a little bit of 
uh, I don't know, a thicker mouthfeel, a little bit of a kind of a not quite syrupy, but just something. Maybe it's the intense hopping. You don't get an intense yeah. hopping that presents itself like this, and except for in those imperial pilsners and imperial double IPAs. This is a very, very hoppy beer. And it also is a wheat beer, so it's very it's interesting that uh, it's produced like this. It's available. We haven't done it distribution for a while, just because it's hard to find at yeah. times. Oh, uh, this is available in Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Virginia, Washington D.C., and Wisconsin. Very good. Actually, I got these from Rate Beer. Remember, we talked about how that yeah. Rate Beer had that availability, so that's where I'm getting those from now. So at I least think, that's where we think they're available from. That's where Rape Beer claims are available, yeah. yeah. So, we'll so be, don't yell at us, yell at Rape Beer. We're not going to do What Beer Am I This Week because we're doing the show three days after the show went well, out. Uh, so uh, we'll do What Beer Am I Next Week. Thanks for licking me. Your dog just came up and licked me. I think he has to go upstairs, so hold on. <laughs> uh, in other news, Brewer's Gold tops the Great Beer... Great Britain Beer Fest for the second straight year. Uh, Brewer's Gold, which is brewed by Crouch Vale of Essex. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Crouch Vale, Crouch Vale, won the title of champion beer in Britain for the second straight year, finishing first in judging by a panel of brewers, beer writers, and journalists at the Great British Beer Festival in London. I hope we'll be able to go around there sometime. <laughs> and uh, this last that's story is of, kind of... That's a little bit of misdirection, you see. <laughs> Look at that. It looked like we weren't going to make it through all the content by the time the beer was gone, and we, we strided out in the final yeah. lap. And well, you know, people who, who uh, will get the DVD will see that sometimes there's content that we sort of skip. Yes, they will. Yes. So, Man, we like pimping the DVD, don't we? <laughs> hey, we need a new mixer. <laughs> this gumball head is so different from... Anything yeah. in the world of wheat that we've ever experienced. It's definitely a wheat beer. I mean, you can tell. But at the same time... You would have never thought that... You know, you would assume that just this much hops and wheat doesn't work because you haven't. You don't see it anywhere yeah. except for this uh, cigarette-smoking cat on the label here. <laughs> Three Foys make some good stuff. They got to distribute more to PA. Someone sent me an email. They thought I said we were going out there. I don't recall that. <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I wish I had said that. Well, how far is it? About six hours, I think. So it's not like terrible. No. But, I mean, I wouldn't go out there just for a couple of pints. <laughs> <of the beer. laughs> a couple of pints. Of we should see if we can get on the, beer, the good beer show. That'd be fun. Yeah, they, uh, let's, have some, let's see what night they record. <laughs> That'd be a fun thing. If they do it on the weekend. Yeah. Make a fun weekend out of that. No, there's all kinds of pressure on Jeff because yeah, he now, invited now him on the Jeffrey air. Jeffrey T is like, oh, oh, I see what these guys are doing. <laughs> How do I say no? <laughs> you want me to swirl? Yeah, do a little bit of swirl. I'd like to see what it's like. Is there anything? Yeah, there's a little bit on the bottom. I, oh, maybe not. Actually, I think it's filtered, so it's not going to matter if I oh, swirl okay. or not. Swirl like crazy. And four. Sorry, is this one any cloudier? No, it isn't. I think this is filtered, so we don't have to worry about it. Excellent. Hey, it's rating time. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Let's present all the beers. 
This is a tough one because some of them we really didn't enjoy. I don't even remember this one very much. This one where we drank it in two parts. First part was oh, ginger, right, the second part right, was muddled. Right. Yeah, then I think this is my order. I agree too. Greg <laughs> and I, this was a long time we've yeah. agreed. Number one beer. I think everyone knows. Gumblehead. It's a gumblehead, yeah. That's, um, the thing is, all the hops in the name Gumblehead, you know, you expect that chewy, banana lots of esters. Are you getting much of that? Like, you would think, like, a mouthful of gum? I'm just getting a lot of hops. I, I mean, know. I know it's there. I can sort of tell that it's under there, but the hops are really Yeah, because when I first over. heard about this beer, Gumblehead, it's American wheat. Oh, that's got to be ester heaven, yeah. right? I'm not really getting any bubble gum or any really crazy esters at all because the hops are just laying on top of it. Now, you wonder... Because we mentioned like back in the winter and stuff like that, we were getting tired of hops. And here we are making this incredibly hoppy beer that's overpowering all the other flavors and, in Hefeweizen. We're making that like our number one beer of the night. Well, it's just – compared to the other ones, it's just <laughs> yeah. awesome. Last week we had IPA. So maybe the, the hop hankering is a, uh, a seasonal thing. Maybe. But I mean at the same time, if I had to choose between three IPAs or three – three great IPAs or three great malty beers, I'd probably go for the malty. Okay. Number two, we're both ranking the Upland Wheat Ale. Yeah. Before the yeast. Uh, yes. Without the yeast. Uh, do not get the yeast in there, even though it says serve with yeast. No, no, they're wrong. On, on, on the bottle. They are very wrong. Uh, it's better without the yeast. It, it really is. It, it's, um, well, it's more interesting without the yeast. It's probably more drinkable with the yeast because it kind of mutes the flavors and gives it a little bit. I don't think you really want to mute the flavors. I mean, well, Depends on what beer drinker. Yeah. I do not. I want to taste that crazy ginger flavor that was in this beer that you don't get in like any beer but a Christmas style beer. <laughs> Number three is the Samuel Adams Hefeweizen. Had a little bit of off flavors at the end there, but for the most part, it was relatively good. But like we were saying, we wish they would you know jump in there a little bit more, go a little bit farther in the Hefe style, right? Go a little bit more of a traditional German. I mean, they pride themselves in doing these German-style beers on a lot of these things. That boss, the Vienna Lager, right. the, and just doesn't seem to be what should be there. Yeah. And then we're putting the Circus Boy last because well, it, it really didn't have a very good flavor to it. I mean, we really, we, I didn't enjoy it very much at all. I thought it was uh, muddled and it was um, confusing what they were going for, mm-hmm. and it really did have some flavors that I wasn't uh, wasn't appealing to me, and it smelled a little bit like ass. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't smell ass, but I agree with a lot of the things. There just wasn't that much appeal to it. It was it was there. It was muddled. Like I said, it tastes a little bit adjuncty at times. Not, just not a good mouthful Hefeweizen. Yeah. And especially since they called it a Hefeweizen and not – it was an American wheat or something, a wheat ale. I might have given it a little bit more slack. Well, it called it a Hefe. It was just like – it's not there. Not now, there at all. Interestingly enough, I'd go for, say, a Franzi's Gunner over any of these. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Those are delicious. But there's also the availability. You can get Franzi's yeah. Connor all the time. Yeah. If you see Gumball Head somewhere. How often are you going to get that? So Exactly. You know, if, I mean, yeah. I mean, the beer we would definitely recommend here is the Gumball Head. We give you know a, a, a thumbs up to the Upland without any I would, yeast. I would say don't pass up either of the first two. Yeah, Gumball Head or Upland. If you just want to try something new in beer, they both give you something new to try. The other two don't give you anything that's that much different to try. Yeah. So definitely try the Upland and the, the Gumball Head. Agreed. 
All right. Well, I was going to take a beer out tonight to shorten the show up, but it looks like we already did that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to. I think the four four beers is really a good it's a good amount for the show. All we right. were talking about this earlier. We'll probably talk about it more on the post show. So next week's number fifty. Yeah. Well, not next week. Oh, next next regular show. Yes, is it's number, number 50. fifty. So uh, we are planning to go back to our roots and our very 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 first show, our point nine was, was double IPAs. We're going to be reviewing those two that we reviewed in addition to one or two more. And maybe, maybe more. And maybe, who knows? We'll <laughs> Might see. have to do a two-parter on that one. Yeah. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. As Abe Lincoln said in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, be excellent to each other and party on. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Everybody loves the size